Welcome to the Cello Sherpa Podcast, where we explore all aspects of the climb to the summit, from intermediate musician to the professional stage. Check us out online at thecellosherpa.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thecellosherpa. I'm Joel Dallow, your host. I joined the cello section of the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra in 1999 and founded the Riverside Chamber Players based in Roswell, Georgia in 2003. Today's episode is sponsored by Clear Resources, your premier resource for compliance, legal, ethics, and risk. For more information, visit them online at clearresources.com. Last week, we released part one of the conversation I had with Brenton Smith about the orchestra audition process. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, I recommend starting with that episode before you listen to this one. We're going to pick up right where we left off when Brenton was talking about how we can do a better job of listening to so many candidates in the preliminary rounds. I think the solution is to have enough time in the semis. So this is where I think, and we talked a little bit about this before, but to bring it up again so that we have it, I think we need to utilize technology for the first round. Obviously, the issue with doing something like a Zoom audition is the sound quality, but the technology we're using right now, for example, Squadcast, is something where we're speaking back and forth in live time. You could be a proctor and I could be playing an audition right now. Mm -hmm. And then when that is finished, a high-quality audio file that I've made is going to upload. And I mean, given that the first round is really about the basics, you know, as you say, it's not really that much about sound. It's sound is more subjective. It's about basic control of the instrument, pitch, rhythm, this kind of stuff. Things you can easily tell from a decent audio recording that's made live. The issue, of course, if you just have people submit audio recordings is that you can... I can't, but the people who are good at this stuff can doctor anything. You know, they, you can, you could make a perfect recording. Yeah. I, and you can tell people it doesn't help them to do that, but everybody thinks like, oh, if I could just get there and get a chance. And yeah. <laughs> there's a feeling like it's like playing the lottery. And I understand why, because there are aspects of it that are random as well as aspects that are related to skill. So, but if you could do a live kind of situation, where it's live proctored recording with high quality audio uploaded at the end of it. And then the committee has the chance, you know, they give them a week, 10 days. Since you're not using the hall, you can either have the committee listen together. You can have the committee listen individually, just a bunch of sound files with numbers, number seven, sound file seven, sound file eight. And the information of who is what number does not have to belong to anybody except the personnel manager. The person playing doesn't have to know what number they are, so they can't go to the committee and say, oh, I was sound clip seven. You know, the personnel manager can make the decision of what number is what number. But this is the way we do auditions already for summer festivals. This is for the second year in a row. This is the way we're going to have to do auditions for Rice, for our students. And what I love about this is I can go back. First of all, I can always be fresh. I can hear as many in a day as my ears can take. Mm-hmm. And then I can go back and I can say, you know what? I scored this person like, you know, an 87 the other day. And now I'm scoring this person as an 87. Are they really the same level of player? Or I missed something. And I'm like, I want to hear that again. And sometimes I listen back a second time and it's like, you know what? Actually, I was wrong. My impression the first time was wrong about this. There's a lot more time we could spend to make sure that we're making good decisions. Then you invite maybe 15, 20, whatever semifinalists 
come to the actual live process, you have more time to spend with them. Yeah. Because what's important in an orchestra, really? Is it important that we not rush the first time? Or is it more important that if we're told we we're rushing, we can adjust? Agreed. Is it that we pick the right stroke that we have, the committee happens to want to hear? Or is it that if the committee says, hey, I'd like to hear that shorter, I'd like to hear that longer, I'd like to hear that slower, that's what really matters, right? That's yes. our job, is to be able to change what we do, not to be able to have one way that's polished that we do it. And that's kind of what our process doesn't find right now. It finds the people who are prepared and thoughtfully prepared and good cellists. You know, if you can win an audition, you're a good cellist. Yeah. The problem isn't that we aren't getting good people. It's that there's an inefficiency and a difficulty in the process. It's expensive for people to get there. It's a kind of bias towards people who have a, the income to go flying around from audition to audition to audition. Yeah. So if we want to make this more equitable, I honestly think this is the way we have to go. I think that's a great idea. I think it would be great if we could find a way to do that efficiently because it's it's inhumane to have 100 people have to pay for flights for themselves, their instruments, stay in hotels, just to fly to a city and play for five or six minutes and then go home. That's It's terrible. And that part of the system, I think, is cruel and definitely could be improved. I would like to talk a little bit about once you get past that and we get into the finals and then orchestras that implement trial weeks versus no trial weeks, because I think we certainly have a difference of opinion there. So tell me what your feeling is on trial weeks. Well, I mean, I'm probably somewhat biased in this because I don't think I would have any career if trial weeks had been a thing when I came up, because basically almost every job I've been hired for was not because I was already good at doing the job, but just because people saw something they liked in my playing and they're like, okay, let's try. So for me, it's my whole career has been a learning process. I was not a good orchestral player starting out at all. And it was always a learning process for me. And I was lucky to kind of have the right people to kind of teach me and push me a lot. But I know that this is one outlook. We have a lot of different people with a lot of different kind of philosophies on this. I understand why people like trial weeks because it's very, it's a very traumatic and difficult thing to have to not grant someone tenure. It's done so rarely in American orchestras that it really feels like you're pulling the rug out from someone. You know, in Berlin, they're a little more casual with the acts if they don't feel like you're the right person for this orchestra. And you're like, you know what, you'll find an orchestra. So there's less kind of a stigma to it than there is in the US. But yeah. people feel like if they get in there, either it's going to be a mess to send them back out, or people are just going to say like, oh, well, once they're here, that's fine. And so I know that's the motivation for the trial week is like, let's give us something. Let's let's mm -hmm. before we get married, let's let's date for a week before we get married kind of. And again, it goes to the philosophy. Is this like an English hiring process where you're looking for, does this person fit with our section? Or is it a process where it's like, can we mold this person to fit with our section? And that, again, there's a lot of different philosophies. You will hear a lot of people say, you know, we're not a training orchestra. I hear that all the time. And I get that. I mean, I, I know where they're coming from. I know they're they like, they don't want to have to be teachers. But at the same time, I feel like every orchestra I've been in, for me, has been a training orchestra. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm always trying to get better. And one of the things I love about our section in Houston 
is they're always kind of trying to figure out how to get better. They're always trying to figure out how to improve. And when one of our cellists was out injured, he came to rehearsals and he was like texting us from the rehearsal to, well, I know we're not supposed to have phones on stage, but he was texting, but this was music related. He was texting us, you know, like, oh, I can't hear the cellos here or, you know, the entrance here. I mean, I love that attitude of always trying to get better. That to me is kind of more important. I think for me, the playing the cello, being a good cellist is so much of a harder skill than learning the orchestral skills. And honestly, the orchestral skills, if everybody just kind of wants to go to work and just kind of do their own job and stay in their own lane, then you need to have people who are already pre-cooked. You need to have people who can just fit in there. If people are going to be in each other's business and you've got the kind of section who's like, well, you know what, we kind of get on each other about, you know, about different things that we do and trying to fix things, trying to improve things. If you have that kind of philosophy, then you can put a lot of kind of different elements in and kind of see how they go together. So we've done trial week sometimes. The last cello audition we did, we had two candidates and we had them both come play trial weeks. They both did a nice job in the trial week. So it ended up kind of defaulting back to the votes that they had originally at the audition. It's a little bit of a different thing psychologically, too. If you're trialing two people for a job or three people for a job, then you're kind of trialing against each other. And then it's like, okay, this is the best person of those three. Uh If you're trialing just against a theoretical standard, then it's, are they good enough? Well, then... It's hard to know because you don't know what the other options are. And that's why it's sometimes harder to be the only finalist in an audition, just like the case I was telling you about in New York. Sometimes it's harder to be compared against the theoretical standard of what we want versus, okay, this is what there is. Every audition is a little bit different, but... I would say that the trial week is more like an English process, but then it's not really long enough. You know, then it should really be ideally a trial month. Then it yeah, should, that's what I was going to say. What yeah. if it was 30 or 60 or yeah. 90 days? Yeah, would then you then you favorable? really know because, yeah, 30, 60, 90 days, then you can kind of see because you can see the arc because, you know, people are either going to start to improve and figure stuff out or they come in, you know, so if they're experienced, they may come in kind of cooked. But a week is kind of a short time. Now, the thing that surprised me that's worked well in Houston is a chamber music round. Mm-hmm. Now, there's problems with the chamber music round because often the quartet, the rest of the people aren't well rehearsed. (laughs) And, you know, we've been sitting in an audition committee all day and then it's like, okay, now get up and sight read string quartets in front of your music director. And it's like, on our minds is like, don't suck. (laughs) And and so it's sometimes hard to pay as much attention, but I'm surprised sometimes I've gotten more information from that than I thought I would. And I think, look, Orchestral skills are chamber music skills, right? I mean, I tell students the best thing you can do to prepare for being in an orchestra, play string quartets, play chamber music. That same kind of attention to detail, attention to matching strokes, attention to matching intonation, vibrato, those kinds of things, that's orchestral skills. Yeah. Usually if somebody's played in a professional string quartet, they could never have played a note of a Beethoven or Brahms symphony, and they're going to come into orchestra and they're going to do beautifully right off the bat because they've developed those skills. So chamber music really is orchestral skills to me. I mean, beyond that, it's just knowing the repertoire, which is just time. You have to learn that somewhere. Yeah. 
I like the implementation of that. The thing that I think is challenging for the industry right now is that we're making all these purposeful changes to try and fix problems that we've had and to do a better job of hiring a more diverse group of musicians. So we're allowing access for everyone. We've eliminated any screening of resumes in a lot of orchestras so that that way there's no bias or prejudice there. If you take a situation where an orchestra doesn't give you any of the track back for the numbers, then you are being asked to sit and listen to your finalists for 20 or 25 minutes. You can certainly take time to ask them to do things again and and get some feedback that way. But in some cases, then people are being forced to make a decision about a colleague that's going to sit in your section for two years before the tenure process plays out on 20 minutes of playing behind a screen without another person. And so I have argued for a long time that the trial weeks have been the perfect addendum to that, to really be able to make a more informed choice. And I, of course, see the problems all around, but in the end, I have been more in favor of that because you get that extra information that you cannot possibly get with all of the constraints that are put on us to try and make the fairest possible process. Right. I get that completely because I would be very nervous hiring someone for two years based on 20 minutes of a screened audition Yeah, because there's so much that's not known. And I think your objection to that and your worry about that is exactly right. I mean, the problem if we're still talking about potential bias, you know, it's the minute somebody comes out from behind the screen and is a person and playing with you, you know, then we've opened up the same can of worms we have when we have the screen down, right? right. I mean, it's still, you can still say like, oh, well, if I'm looking for, I know it's not the case, but if I'm looking for conspiracy, I could say like, oh, they just want to have a trial week so they can see who it is before they hire or whatever, you know, they, yeah. There's no easy solution to this. I spent, with our chamber music round, I spent a long time with our negotiating committee, who were mostly winds and brass players, trying to explain why we couldn't have a screen chamber music round. Right. Why it's not useful for us to have other people play chamber music and us not see them and just listen. It doesn't work because half of what we respond to is string players as visual cues. Yeah. I'm watching their eyes. I'm watching how their bow moves. One of our principal string players was hired almost because of a mistake they made. We put in a little kind of dodge in a Dvorak bass quintet to see if they were going to notice when we changed something. And one didn't notice at all, and one didn't get it, but noticed that they didn't notice. They were like, oh, yeah, okay. You uh -huh. know, it's like uh, you saw it in their eyes, like, oh, I see what happened. And that was like, okay, that's it. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for the awareness. Yeah. And that you can't get without a screen. So I think we're going to have to accept that at some point it can't be a completely blind process. I mean, we have to make this as fair as we can, but unless we're going to hire people solely based on excerpts and just take the two years and do it that way, otherwise it can't be a blind process. Yeah. And I would say that I am in the camp where I think a trial week, I agree, is a very short period of time. But if it's a choice between one week and two years, maybe it would be better if we can at least find a happy medium in there of yeah. 30 days or 60 days, because yeah, then you can get a lot more information. I just feel that the audition process and the way that it's 
changing and morphing now to make sure that it's absolutely the fairest process, which it's probably one of the fairest processes already compared to most industries and how they hire. I just feel that we're given such limited information that it's really hard to make this decision without the complete picture. Right. It's back to the same question, right? Is it a job interview process where we're picking the best person for our company in a sense, or is it a competition kind of model where we're picking the person who played the best audition and different people can come to different answers to that question. But right now, I'm not sure that in the U.S. we quite know what it is we're doing in a way. I mean, every orchestra is a little bit different, but we have this strange hybrid process, which is a competition designed to pick the person who's going to go play off beats off the string for the next 40 years of their life. (laughs) Yeah. It is so imperfect in so many ways, but how can we make it more perfect? I mean, really what we're asking people to do is outside of what's required in the job, except for the fact, can you see if this person is capable of playing their instrument at a high level outside of that, you're not getting the information from this process really that you need to make a possibly permanent, at least a tenure track decision. And it's such a struggle. And again, I think you're right. It comes down to philosophy. So is an orchestra looking for somebody who already has a little bit of experience? Well, then the trial week is going to give you that information. Is the orchestra looking for somebody who has just the natural instincts, but you know that they'll grow into that? Or is the orchestra just expecting that you're going to hire somebody that's not ready and Hopefully, because they can play their instrument, they'll grow into the job. And you have all these different forces, and depending on the orchestra, different ways of going about it. And that's, I think, the challenge that we're all in. And honestly, depending on the committee, too. I mean, the committees vary from time to time. Just to give you another example from my career, I mean, when we went through a long hiring process searching for a concertmaster, And that's a very specialized job with a huge responsibility. But there was a player who was simply just amazing, fantastic. I mean, I've never heard an orchestral audition like that where I actually had tears in my eyes because it was so beautifully played. Really spectacular player without any experience at all. Yeah, Kind of a practice room baby in the sense of, you know, someone who was con through conservatory and has spent the life becoming a master of their instrument. And we had a committee that was really split. You know, people are like, this is an amazing musician who's going to lift up and inspire our orchestra and other people who are like, I need clear cues from this. Yeah. So do you want to hire this person and train them and teach them a job? Or do you look for someone who's already experienced and, you know, is what is the job even? And this is, okay, Concertmaster's slightly different. As it ends up, we ended up not hiring this person, and they went off and won one of, without giving too much information, one of the biggest violin competitions in the world. They won the gold medal. Wow. So maybe it worked out well for everyone in that case. But (laughs) And that committee was so tough because we had people who were very sincerely defending different beliefs of what the orchestra needed and what was the most important for the orchestra and... There aren't necessarily easy answers, but I do think changing the first round, changing so that we're not trying to hear 100 candidates at once, there are a lot of things we could do using technology that would make this procedure better, that would give us more time with the semifinalists. And then I think we need to remember 
to be generous always in our voting, remembering how hard it is to play an audition. If you ask, you can ask a genius questions that will make them look like an idiot with certain questions. And the audition process is almost designed to make good cellists look bad in a mm-hmm. way. Those of us who are teaching it all the time have to keep demonstrating for our students. So we're like, oh yeah, this is, it keeps us in mind of how hard it is. But I think sometimes you get committees where it's very easy to put up a very high standard. I mean, there's a great section, great committee in Detroit, so I'm not speaking against them. But if you have 105 people playing and only seven are making to the semifinals, that's a pretty tough ratio. And it may be that people, as you say, were kind of out of audition experience and just weren't doing a good job. But it's always important to remember that a vote before the finals, a vote forward is just a vote to hear someone again. Yeah. I've certainly served on committees where that is the case, being as generous as you possibly can into the semifinals. And then, of course, getting more picky going into the finals. But you are correct. The yes vote in the finals is the only one. Well, actually, if you put someone into the finals, the music director makes that decision in a lot of orchestras as to who they want. It has to be that every person that you vote to go into the finals is somebody that you would think is suitable for the job. Yeah. And you can always tell those orchestras because it's very hard to get into the finals for those orchestras because people are very wary of what the music director will do. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, it depends on the music director, but I've known some friends in uh, other orchestras who are like, we will not put anyone in the finals unless we're 100% convinced because we have no idea what our music director is going to do when they get in there. Yeah. So just to summarize then, since we're running short on time here, a digital, virtual, online type of proctored first round could solve a lot of our issues. I think we can agree on that for sure. Being more generous and pushing people through into the semifinals can help a lot because there's more people to listen to. And I think eliminating how many people you know are going into the semifinals really does help that generosity. In your opinion, you think trying to find some sense of unification on the committee as to whether the solo repertoire is more important versus the excerpts. I mean, I think diversity of opinion on a committee is sort of the point of a committee, but I do see how those two things can really cancel each other out. That makes sense. And then when getting to the finals, your thought process is possibly either a chamber music round instead of a trial week or maybe a trial period that lasts longer to give more time to really look at a candidate. I mean, in the ideal world, it would be a trial month with chamber music as part of it. Or we did sometimes with concertmaster trials, we incorporated chamber music into the trial week as a part of that. Yeah. I do think chamber music tells you a lot of things that I can't necessarily, sometimes we're guessing, unless I'm playing right next to someone on the stand with them, often I'm guessing, but if I play chamber music with them, I know immediately. Mm-hmm. And I mean, of course, for me, that's, I'm talking more often, I have that experience with violinists, but we also, I also use Schubert Quintet a lot for chamber music, just so I could actually play with someone and feel because watching them and playing right next to them in chamber music and feeling how they respond is also, again, a different thing, different animal. Yeah. Tells you a lot. Well, is there anything else you feel like we have missed in this conversation? I don't think so. I think there's more and kind of more resources available to kind of understand how 
the excerpts are meant to be played. And I mean, I think it's obviously important. What I hope is that this process will always be biased towards musicianship over consistency Mm -hmm. in a way. And that's a very hard thing to do because we have to find reasons to eliminate people. You can't look for the good in people always. But in the end, what we want is even in an orchestra of 100 people, it's not a factory job. It's we want people who can feel together and move together and really understand music and make music together. It really can be and should be, I think, a musical job. That is so important. I don't want anyone out there to think that we're looking for robots because I don't think most of us are. I think the process, unfortunately, is geared to reward consistency and it's hard not to make it other than by having more time to work with people but understand that in the end really musicianship is what's going to make your career fulfilling nobody wants to sit on a stand with someone who's just just kind of a minus kind of involvement we want great musicians and we're going to keep working i think to try to find a process that can really reward that. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Cello Sherpa podcast. Great to talk to you again, Joel. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Cello Sherpa podcast. Be sure and catch our next episode where we interview Dr. Dan Benardot. We talk about how to stay healthy and at peak performance by establishing healthy eating habits and proper nutrition for musicians. We're here to serve you, so if you have questions or topic suggestions you would like to cover in future episodes, please use the contact page on our website, thecellosherpa.com, or tweet them at us, at thecellosherpa. You will also find information about the specific services we offer on the website. Don't forget to follow us and rate us on whatever platform you get your podcasts. This helps us climb the rankings so other people can find us. Today's episode was produced, edited, and recorded by me, Joel Dallow.